Welcome to episode one of the Swift Teacher Podcast. One lesson at a time towards Swift World Domination. Hi, my name is Brian Foudy, and I'm the Innovative Learning Specialist at the Trumbull Career and Technical Center in Warren, Ohio. I manage my district's iPad one-to-one deployment using Jamf Pro to assist our teachers and students with the integration of the iPad into their learning and teaching. But the most exciting part of my job is that I have the pleasure of teaching basic computer science concepts, programming, app development, and coding, all in Swift, to 11th and 12th grade students in our web and app development career tech program. I was named an Apple Distinguished Educator in 2013. And this podcast is a byproduct of my attendance of the Apple Distinguished Educator Institute in Berlin, Germany, this past July. I was part of an international group of teachers who teach primary school, math, science, and other disciplines who were all interested in Swift. Some of us had already started to teach coding using Swift, and others wanted to start teaching coding using Swift. One member of our group said that before he could start using Swift, though, he would have to answer the question, why Swift, to teach coding in his country. I thought about this question for a few months as I was teaching my students to code and program in Swift this school year. So in January, I wrote a blog post called, Why Teach Swift? Where I shared my thoughts about why Swift is a programming language we should be teaching to our students right now. And the blog post is kind of long, so I won't go into too many details into it, but I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. I've continued to post articles about this experience and the experiences my students and I are having learning and teaching Swift. I wanted another avenue to share the experiences I'm having teaching and my students are having learning Swift. That's why I decided to start this podcast. The other purpose of this podcast is to provide resources for those teachers who are currently using Swift in their teaching, and also for any teacher who might be interested in getting started in using Swift in their teaching. But wait, there's more. I'm also doing this podcast to help us form a network of teachers using Swift so that we can provide a support system for one another and share best practices, curriculum, resources, and strategies. Just as programmers do, no one person has all the answers and writes all the best code. The same is true with good teaching. Good teaching gets better when ideas and resources are shared with others. So I plan in this podcast to interview teachers who are currently teaching Swift, students who are learning Swift, and some app developers so that they can give us different perspectives about learning Swift and what the benefits and challenges of learning and using Swift currently are. I also plan on sharing curricular materials, tips and tricks, successes and challenges that we have seen to date. I'm really excited about the potential of the conversations to be had, ideas that we can share, and topics that we can explore. So I'd like to now share with you my personal journey and experiences that have led me to teaching Swift and what I have observed. In the spring of 2011, I found out that I would be getting a cart of iPads for my math classroom 
for the following year. Previous to this position, I taught math for 19 years. And in those 19 years, I had amassed a lot of content that I wanted to, to distribute. I had recorded every lesson I had taught on my smart board, and they were all MP4 files. And I wanted to distribute that. I had notes for my students. I had study guides. I had many different things. And I wanted a way to distribute that content to my students. I had previously been using a website, but I knew that was not the best solution with a mobile device. And this was coming along in 2011 before iBooks Author. So I naively decided that I would learn to develop apps in Objective-C. So I set out in that spring and summer to learn how to develop apps. And through a lot of hard work and salty language and effort, I published my first app June 28, 2011. It was an app for my classroom, and as I look back now, I can honestly tell you it was terrible. But that app and the desire I had to deliver and make accessible all the content that I had for my classroom that I had created for my students is what started me down my path. I started teaching Swift in December 2014 during the Hour of Code in my school district with my colleagues in the math department. And I've been teaching Swift since then. I love teaching coding, app development, and Swift. I love seeing the immediacy of the results of my teaching. I have no need for formative assessment because I can see right away whether or not my students are grasping the concept I just taught or if they may need more support or if I just totally blew it and need to reteach the concept in a new way. I had a geometry professor in college as an undergraduate uh, at Kent State University say to my class that you math teachers need to be able to say the same thing four different ways. I try and keep that in all my teaching. It's a little more challenging, I think, in teaching coding, but I try to have at least a couple different ways to describe the same thing when I'm teaching coding. I love teaching in career tech. One of the greatest advantages of teaching in career tech is that students choose to come to our school to learn a trade or skill. Consequently, our students are highly motivated to learn and deeply engaged in their learning. I usually don't have to come up with some intro or gimmick to try and get and keep my students' attention. Our students show up every day ready to learn and excited to learn Swift and how to program. In my teaching, I use Swift Playgrounds for iPad with my 11th grade students and Swift Playgrounds for Mac with my 12th grade students. My 11th grade students uh, are really enjoying learning Swift in the Swift Playgrounds app for iPad. And I use the Learn to Code 1, 2, and 3 guides that can be found in iTunes or the iBook stores. My students love solving the puzzles and learning the basic concepts of, of programming while learning Swift. When I get them started, I never have to tell them to be quiet. As soon as I'm done with the introduction, they launch right in and my classroom gets really quiet. And then they occasionally will work with each other quietly but that is a really quiet experience, and that's how I know they're really engaged. 
They also, towards the end, after they solve the problem, will come up with some more unique answers, and it shows they're having fun because they're laughing, they're sharing their code with one another. It's fantastic. My 11th grade students this year who are working in Swift Playgrounds for iPad will then progress in 12th grade to do what my 12th graders are doing now. And they're using the app development with Swift course, which can be found in iTunes U and the iBook store. And there, my 12th grade students are using that course, which is programming in Swift in Swift Playgrounds for Mac. This, this course, the app development of Swift course, is a code-based or syntax-based course meaning that they are typing their code on a full keyboard on a computer. This is more like a traditional coding course you've probably seen before. However, what I really love about it is it's taught in small bite-sized lessons in a Swift playground on Mac, which allows the students then to focus in on the concept being taught without being distracted by the full version of the Xcode interface and everything you have to worry about when you're working with Xcode. I have found these curricular tools that Apple's developed for us in teaching Swift to be fantastic because it brings the ability for all of our students to start slow and build to a, a real native coding experience in a real IDE on the iPad. Swift Playground, the Swift Playgrounds app for iPad is a IDE. It's a stripped down one, but it gives you full access to the Swift standard library. In 2014, I started teaching Swift with much different tools. What I did was I created some Swift playgrounds on my Mac, put them into iTunes U as a text file. Then my students had to go into iTunes U, copy that text, put it into Notability, type out their code, finish it, and then airdrop that code from Notability to my Mac. It was kind of a clunky setup, but it worked and the students were excited to see their code compile on my Mac. A year later in 2015, it got better. And it got better because of IBM's Swift Sandbox site, which, allow, which ran a compiler right in Safari using what's called the REPL. Students could write, take that code from iTunes U, which was still a text file, copy and paste it into the compiler in Safari on their iPads, finish it and have it compile right there in front of them. This was a major improvement because uh, students could do all their works right on their iPads and they didn't have to wait for me. They didn't have to share and every student could see their, co their code compile. But we were still limited to a code or syntax based iPad course which is kind of, can be kind of intimidating to a lot of students. Well, this year, Swift Playgrounds has changed all of that because it allows students to start coding right away in a game-like setting that both teaches Swift and is fun. So we get the best of both worlds. Students are having fun. They're problem solving. They're working with puzzles that are fun and engaging, and they're getting to work with and manipulate real Swift code. And the results have been really quite surprising to me. I never cease to be amazed at how quiet my students are when they're working in the Swift Playgrounds app for iPad. Or even my seniors, when they start to get to work in the Swift Playgrounds on the Mac, they're also, they're 
totally into it. And I many times I actually have to stop them and say, okay, everybody look up. What are you experiencing? Let's share out what we're seeing and let's share some code. The materials are, are they're very well done and interesting. And my students are completely engrossed the entire time in the challenges and the playgrounds. Um, I know many of you have probably seen the Swift playgrounds for iPad, but I got to tell you, the app development with Swift for Mac, there is a playground, I think it's uh, Lesson 7, that's called Boogie Bot. And my students spent an hour and a half just just changing and messing around with the methods in there to make the bot dance different ways. They really had a great time with it. It was a lot of fun. My students' response has been amazing. They love the Swift Playgrounds app and the Swift Playgrounds for Mac. They have found that by learning Swift that they also have to learn JavaScript so they have found that it has made learning JavaScript a little easier, my seniors have, because they have to learn it in their, their senior year, because they have already learned some of the basic concepts such as loops, constants, variables, and functions. But my students have also told me that they prefer working in Swift over JavaScript because the language is easier syntactically and because it is more expressive, which means it reads more like natural English. So if you're out there listening and you're thinking about, hmm, maybe I'd like to try that, where should I start? That is a natural first step. That is where I started when I started to learn Objective-C to develop apps. Where should I start? Well, fortunately, it's easier now. I think if you're looking at, out, if you're out there thinking, Brian, that sounds great. How do I get started? My recommendation would for you would be to down the Swift Playgrounds app for iPad. And then go into iTunes U and find the Swift Playgrounds iTunes U course and the iBooks and download those and start going through every playground and just have fun. Enjoy yourself. Make notes. I will tell you, though, when you're solving those playgrounds, some of them can get a little complicated. It would be best if you diagram out your path to solve those playgrounds. That is one lesson my students have had to learn the hard way in that they just start trying to solve it without a plan. And it's a, been a really valuable learning uh, moment in my class, a very uh, a great teachable moment I've had with them to, to show them whenever you go to create an app, you have to have a plan and you follow that plan. I'm a big fan of podcasts. That's why I decided to do one. I was inspired by a friend and colleague of mine, from Oak Harbor, Ohio, Kelly Croy. He does the Wired Educator podcast. And I was recently on his show and it was I had an amazing experience and he inspired me to start a podcast. And I've been listening to podcasts for years and I really enjoy it. I know some of the best professional development I get throughout the school year is on my morning and afternoon commute to work. I drive 40 minutes each way to work and I have my own personal professional development session every day. And my favorite podcasts are Connected on Relay FM. They are underscore at Connected or at underscore Connected on Twitter. I really also enjoy Canvas on Relay FM. So that's relay.fm backslash or slash Canvas. That is a show all about iOS productivity and getting work done on iPad, which I love. And my other top one is the Accidental Tech Podcast. 
on ATP.FM. Connected are three gentlemen, uh, Mike Hurley, Stephen Hackett, and Federico Vitici. Canvas stars Federico Vitici and fellow educator Fraser Spears. And the Accidental Tech Podcasts are all three developers, Casey Liss, Marco Arment, and John Syracusa. Well, that's about all I have for today. If you're looking to find me or my work, you can find me on Twitter. I am at bfoudy. And my new one for the show is at underscore Swift Teacher. You can find my blog at swiftteacher.org. I plan on uh, doing interviews from here on out. I'll have a guest and do an interview and plan on having a 30 to 60 minute podcast release every two weeks. So if you even enjoyed this a little bit and you're still listening, please subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or through RSS into your favorite podcast listener of choice, podcast listening app of choice. Uh, I, I'm sure they are bound to get better. And, uh, I'll, and I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Time to get Swifty.